the sixth and eighth. Hello, yeah. everyone. Hello. Welcome hey. to this week's episode of the Patch. This week, brought to you by Loot Crate and Me Undies. I'm wearing those. I am too. You're, you're <laughs> it's because it's, it's easy to wear than when they just people just bring you underwear all the time. And I wear it. Apparently, that's my life. Is someone shows up with a pair of underwear, and I go, "I'll put that on." That's good enough. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'll that, run that, that all this, this over. This works for the Ryan lifestyle. <laughs> uh, I'm Gus. I'm Ashley. I'm Ryan. I'm Gus. Oh wait, uh, flip. There okay. we go. You did flip it. it. You it did won't it. It's, stay. It never does. It's a. Uh, it stayed forever. Stayed. It didn't stay well, last some week. Some of the the screws on it are coming loose. Mm -hmm. I think it's had one too many. Oh. No, that's good. It, it just, it just like it twitched. It twitched. It needs a, a firm screw. The, um, yeah, it does need to get get it like does. drilled it's in a bit got hard, screws maybe. And it needs to be screwed <laughs> liberally, um, aggressively, firmly. Maybe you okay. should ask All it. Of those. Maybe you should ask it what it wants. I mean, it's it's not <laughs> it's not a metaphor for America. It's just a timekeeping piece. Um, so I think biggest news. Video game wise was of course we uh, finally had a bunch of information dropped on us about Mass Effect Andromeda. And thank God too, I feel like it's been a really long time coming. They've spent the last couple years reannouncing the game, still really not showing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they still they still haven't shown shown it. They're gonna save the proper gameplay premiere, I guess, for the Game Awards. They, the thing is, they did show some gameplay. At the PlayStation meeting in September, it was that right. was, that was the like they were underground, underground cavern yeah. gameplay demo that they had. That was um, it was really hard to tell if it looked pretty or not because it's an underground cavern, so there's a lot of environment that they don't have to render. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was, um, if I recall correctly, there wasn't really like UI or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was no. just sort of like very stripped down, very sandboxy. Like they had to have something. Uh, but it wasn't a whole lot, so I almost don't feel like that counts properly as gameplay. It was more of a 4K demonstration, right? Like, yeah. look, it can run at 4K. Like it's gonna be gorgeous. In this room. I, uh, I, I want to start off my, my discussion of this Ooh. by bitching. Oh! Okay, let's do it. Gust this up. I've been wanting to play Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3 on Xbox One backwards compatibility. Okay. And they just hadn't flipped a Switch. Oh, you mean you're you're they, what you're bitching so about is that they could have done this that for you this before should now, have been done but they saved earlier. it so that they could go and seven days. Maybe right. they were testing it. Come on. Oh, come on. They weren't testing it. No. Yeah. I think they even demoed when they announced backwards compatibility. Mass Effect Two was one of the games <laughs> they showed being played in backwards compatibility mode. I feel like they just held on to is it. Is this what you say no, 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 before though? Nothing to announce at this time. Right. This is the moment, like, hey, Andromeda's coming out eventually. Look, Bioware, oh, you can play this now. Bioware, first of all, Bioware really loves N7 Day. Like, they love that day. They do. Uh, and second of all, it is kind of good timing because it's going to get a lot of people... Uh, you know, obviously, Mass Effect 1 has been backwards compatible for a while, but let's say the, the theoretical release date of March 21st is accurate. This gives people just about the right amount of time to play back through the original trilogy and emotionally reattach to the franchise because it's been gone a while now. But uh, do you really need to reattach? Well, I mean, I guess maybe loosely to the franchise, but you're not reattaching to the characters. They're not going to play really. No, 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 definitely not the characters, but the, mm -hmm. the world of Mass Effect. Maybe it's like for people who missed the first games when they initially came out. Yeah. yeah. It's their chance to get, get, get up to speed. Get involved. Yeah, so I mean, I th I think it's pretty cool. Like, should have done it sooner. Like you said, it could have been any time, but right. I can understand this timing to some degree. Did you just throw your 360 away, or it's not plugged into my TV? Yeah. So you still have it in your house. You just 
Yeah. Could have moved it like 10 feet. And uh, it's, listen, it's in storage HDMI. somewhere in my attic. Yeah, right. I actually don't, I know that, that I still have a, uh-huh. a 360, a few of them probably. I don't, I literally don't know where they are. Well, you know what? You didn't walk in and throw down some bitching about Mass Effect. No, but I, I agree hey, that, that it's, it's a pain in the ass. It, it is. Could no, have been done a lot sooner. I can see why they held it, but damn, I would have liked to, you know, play it at the first opportunity as opposed to waiting till now. I mean, the kind of the nice thing this is this is the the new modern. What do you do with all the electronics when it comes to consoles? Though, is they make for great media streaming devices. So my 360 has continued to exist as just a uh, another room that now has access to things like Hulu and Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it's it's they're still they have a second life. They're saying that as uh, a set-top they're, box. they're they're finally fulfilling the dream that <laughs> that Microsoft hoped everyone would get on board with with the whole like all in one thing. There you thing. go. Just Now it's for the, the room for we don't care else. about as much. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not uh it's not used every day. It's not it's not part of the A team. Right. No, it's definitely been relegated to the the back ranks. Mhm. Yeah, I feel that. Um, I do like some of the details we've got about Andromeda now. I'm feeling like, um, in spite of the lack of actual gameplay, which at least we will get on December 1st, so that is not that far off. Uh, there are some cool details. Like, I'm interested in it. I think it's a very interesting sidestep they made to avoid the, you know, hullabaloo with the Mass Effect 3 ending mm-hmm. and... Um, all the, you know, mass release being destroyed and the entire universe being changed by um, starting this, like the the Andromeda initiative sets off mm-hmm. between Mass Effect 2 and 3. So Shepard the legend, Shepard's like this huge hero figure, will probably be hearing a lot of references to Shepard as this, like, you know, like this hushed tones, kind of this is like the, the hero think? of the galaxy. So yeah, yeah at this point they know that Shepard is alive because it takes place between two and three three. right uh but um hasn't gone through a lot of things there are some sad things like um we won't see krogan's Mm -hmm. almost certainly because uh the initiative left before the genophage was cured or could Mm -hmm. be cured uh so they're out they're done they're gone i wonder how this i mean so seeing as that it exists in that point and i guess it's sort of a spoiler so the end of mass effect 3 you were warned and I haven't beaten it, but as I understand it, the, the mass re- relays get shut down, right? The network is off. Yes. So yeah, you can't, as, as you, I FTL recall, is done. As I recall, a, every ending destroys the mass relays, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. So you can no longer try... Well, there, there was some form of FTL that they could do around systems. But that was all within the Milky Way galaxy. <clears throat> right, but so, they can't do inter-galaxy Correct. Hops. Right, which is how this whole thing happened, is this initiative set off, uh, and everyone has been... <coughs> in cryostasis for 600 years. But why? Why They said they wanted to not? make to make to spread human what I believe I read was they want to spread human culture and make sure it existed elsewhere. But they can at that point they could still go FTL through the mass relays. But, but only within their within their galaxy. They could leave the Milky Way. They're going to the Andromeda okay. galaxy. So they were going to have to travel the long way no matter what. Gotcha. Okay. Um and it was always intended to be a one-way trip and it's interesting as well uh it uh, the Bioware has confirmed that there's no way to communicate mm-hmm. back to the Milky Way. Like you, this was a one-way trip, and they are cut off. Seems like if you were a spacefaring, you know, technology race, you would maybe try and figure out that mass relay stuff before you did something maybe, like this. Maybe, but maybe they have to. Well, They've got to get there to build it. Well, yeah. yeah, but they don't know how to build one once they get there. Well, but you know, maybe not even mass relays, but the very least communication. So they wait did, a minute. Didn't they have quantum communication in Mass Effect Two? Wasn't that a thing? 
They definitely had uh, nigh real like, time. Build it or set it up or something at the other end. It still. might go through the relays too. I mean, no one wants mm. to be awake for the whole six hundred years. Though I guess yeah. in system but it would still be FTL. Yeah, even if they're asleep, you think you could beam messages to it that they could get when they wake up. <laughs> like six hundred years of spam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get your um, new super Viagra. <laughs> wow, this coupon expired in. Uh, oh wait, I don't know the dates. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so uh, you know, it's interesting. The um, they did also tease that they can't communicate back in this game. So that doesn't rule it out entirely for future games. It might just be that when they arrive, either there's something that they have to set up, that they have to build, that Bioware doesn't want to talk about yet, that's going to take some time, or they have to come up with a way to communicate back, or it never eventuates. And they're like, this is now its own, for all intents and purposes, pocket universe. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is, this is, here's a hugely dated reference, but it'll be like Mass Effect Earth 2. Yeah. yeah. Anybody remember that show? Uh, what? Earth 2. Oh, vaguely. Yeah. Was that, did I have dinosaurs? I uh, know. You're thinking Terra uh, Nova, I think. Yeah, thinking, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, God. I'm, I'm totally thinking Terra Nova. Wasn't that the show that got canceled like in its first season because it was so bad? No, it was doing great. Was it? Yeah, I thought it was just, doing it was, terribly because I know they did cancel it first season. I thought it started strong and then everyone just went meh and tuned it, out. It was doing pretty well. The problem was it was ridiculously expensive to make. I, you know, I can believe that. Mm. I really can. Also, I think that one was going back in time. It was. They were going, um, it was a one-way trip. Right. Uh, back to, like, the Jurassic era. But did they figure out for sure that it was definitely the same, like, dimension or same time? It seems like it couldn't continuum? possibly be because, well, they I don't know. They couldn't, like, you know, the details are plans fl- ahead of time to, point. like, bury something that someone in the far future knew to dig up in a certain place. It does seem like it'd be very easy to, to mess up everything if that yeah. was the case. I looked. Mass Effect did have quantum entanglement communications. Okay. There you go. Uh, which allowed for communication over any distance. However, so. if the comm center at Arcturus was destroyed, it would collapse the entire network. Ah, and was it? All right. I assume so. That makes sense, actually. It would, it would be easiest if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, so maybe uh, the Andromeda Initiative has that equipment, but they'd have to rebuild everything. Well, the problem um, is with quantum... In the Milky Way. Well, the problem with quantum, quantum oh, entanglement like is you'd have to oh, yeah, entangle two down. particles. Yeah. Shit. If they, they took a particle with them that was entangled and it's not anymore. Okay, so, so here, maybe oops, the oops. Milky Way rebuilt it and they like sent a little pod that's just, like, <laughs> a couple years behind and it's going to show up after the events of Andromeda and go. be like, hey, friends. It's cool. Here, like, here's, I got your radio. <laughs> um, I hope it lands on like their best scientist. He's like, oh man, almost got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see about that. But then, for then the sequel will be now. taking <laughs> physics courses <laughs> and communications courses <laughs> to learn to pass a test to build a quantum entanglement computer. You know what I find we're like really interesting is so uh, uh, the the Reapers, mm-hmm. they're not a thing in the Andromeda galaxy. They were mm-hmm. only a Milky Way galaxy threat. So... If I recall were, my, were my lore about the Reapers, well, that's what I, I well, think Bioware has said. They so, accompany the relays, right? They're part of yeah, part and so parcel of that. They, yeah, they kind of they they built the relays, made the didn't relays, they? Yeah. So, uh, it, and the the lore of the uh, Reapers, if I recall correctly, is uh, they harvest any species that becomes sufficiently advanced. But mm-hmm. if that hasn't been happening outside the Milky Way, if they haven't been harvesting species and having them just like start over. 
you like you could have crazy advanced species because they've had you know hundreds of thousands of years. They haven't been they, reset. Yeah, right. they, they haven't. You know, all got like turned into giant pulpy <laughs> mush. Mush. Someone on uh, I'm trying to verify this. Who is this on Twitter? Uh, Crystal <laughs> Crystal underscore Light is saying that Krogans are an Andromeda, but they <gasps> were seen in trailer footage and linked oh. in a survey posted really? to Reddit. So I'm trying to. To find footage. To uh, there's some mention them. of like four species going. Yeah. Along so the let ride, me right? let me look. The ones that I think um, that I think people who have seen is uh, we know about the Asari, mm-hmm. uh, which are the and blue, blue aliens with the swept back tentacle heads. They're much yeah. more than that. But if you want to describe telepathic, that way, okay. right? Um, or like empathic. Uh, tel- yeah. Crazy good time in bed. <laughs> right. All, they they like I to get like. all freaky. Um, so let's see, yeah, Asari, oh, god damn it, where is and it? Oh, the oh crazy, Turian, yeah. Salarian, yeah, human, Turian, Salarian, Asari, because there are five ships in the initiative, four of them are arcs. So the, the Turians are, if I remember, the, uh, the kind of warrior race, right? Yeah, like yep. Garrus. Right, and then the Salarians are the kind of nerdy scientist race. Yes. Yeah, they're the, uh, the Mordens, right? They don't live very long, though, right? They have very short lifespans. I think, yeah, they're, that's why they're, like, accelerated, like, right. he speaks quickly, and they're always, like, yeah. moving quickly. They're, all, they're highly caffeinated. Right. Uh, so those are the ones that, that I think, and a lot of this is still I, pieced together either yeah. from from trailer footage or teasers or things like that. So a lot of it, more of it will become clear, I guess, as we get closer to launch. But the idea being at the moment uh, that those are the four races in the arcs uh, in the initiative that are headed there. So those mm-hmm. are going to be the familiar uh, species. No characters, like no squad mates from the original trilogy will be present in any way. Uh, and there's a new, they have confirmed at least one new alien race, and that's the Get. The Get. Not, what's well, weird, because we already have a, a game with the, yeah, Get. Yeah, except that And then there's another game with the Gek. Yeah. Except that, yeah, but yeah, the, uh, the uh, Geth are gone now anyway, so. Why can't we, can't we just call them something else, like the Todd or the anything? Why is it <laughs> everybody going to be the sure, Gek, the Geth, Are you sure you God. want an entire species called the Todd? Yes, the Todds. <laughs> They're all named Todd. Yeah, Todd and their leader is Todd a with two D's. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm interested. Also, uh, this isn't the start of a trilogy anymore. No. So this isn't kicking off a new trilogy, and it makes me wonder if they're gonna shift more into a say like a Dragon Age model, where, where they like build the universe and then just like tell different stories within that universe. Yeah. So this might be, um, you know, you take. Uh, Scott and Sarah Ryder, whoever you choose to be, and this would be their story. And then the next Mass Effect game would be another story, potentially also in the Andromeda universe, because it would save them having to build yet another galaxy. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll see how it does. Like, this um, is, uh, they're just dipping their toes into Andromeda, seeing how people react. <coughs> uh, you, it's hard to, these days not to leave a game off. I mean, it seems like it, most times you tell a story in a game they leave it in a place where it's like, and then buy the next one. It's hard for them to have a nice, satisfying, like, close it and well, catch the story. Which is why it's always nice when you get something like The Witcher that does come to a, a definite conclusion. Like, this story is told and it's done now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's the same, honestly, with a lot of TV series. It actually takes a lot of courage to end something, especially if it's something successful. Yeah. To yeah. say, like, this story's done. We've told what we wanted to tell, and anything else would just be jump on the shark, cashing in. 
uh, here, let me read this thing here. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Loot Crate. On a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than $20 a month. If you're more of a fanatical fashionista than Lootware, their monthly wearables and accessory subscription will fill your closet with cult classics and, and your favorite franchises. And if you want to get fancy, get a bigger box with even bigger loot with Loot Crate DX. Ready your wands, pre-measure your potions, and get ready for November's enchanting theme, Magical. We've cast a powerful ancient spell to deliver you this 100% exclusive crate featuring bewitching items from Doctor Strange, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them, and Big Trouble in Little China, and more. You have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. Make sure to head to lootcrate.com patch. Enter code patch to save $3 off any new subscription today. Thank you, Loot Crate, for sponsoring this episode of The Patch. So something else that came out about um, uh, Andromeda I thought was really funny was, you know, they, they announced the cast and... When they announced the voice of Scott Ryder, they wrote, also known as Octodad from, <laughs> <laughs> from Octodad. It's like, oh, okay, you know, it's it's, like, you oh, mean yes, the Octodad, of course. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't even know why, why, they, why they credited it. Wait, so uh, also you're saying, known as you're saying our edition pieces didn't make it in? We didn't. Uh, yeah, well, didn't you, think about those it. as you recall, we did forget to ever submit them. Oh, <laughs> oh right, right. What, that was an important part of it. Yeah, we, so we did our dramatic readings and then we forgot to do anything with them. Uh, so unless someone from Bioware, who is also in charge of all their uh, voice casting, was listening to that episode of the patch, I think we may be SOL. Uh, yeah. So spoiler alert: we're SOL. <laughs> we, 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 Pro- probably not. We in forgot SOL. the most important step, which was actually submitting. It's like turning in your homework. <laughs> um, what do you? So I find it interesting that in this one you oh, choose the cat. Oh, Ket. Sorry. Yay, a new letter. K-E-T-T. Ket. Those are great friends to the Todd. (laughs) They're hanging out. Um, But you you choose a sibling. The other sibling is out in the the, world and theoretically then has a part to play. Yeah. They're twins, right? Yeah, they're they're twins. So it's like, is that... They're quantum entangled. (gasps) Send one back. Um, They just ship one back. (laughs) That's it. 600 years later. Yeah. Um... is do you, is it good? Like, do you like that? Do you like that that your sibling is out there somewhere? <laughs> do you or like coming face to face with them over and over? Like, you could have been me. <laughs> yeah, because, you could have been the hero of the story. Because the the as far as I understand the the premise of the thing is that your dad Alec Ryder is he's the pathfinder or the the leader of the human arc, uh, and so he's supposed to be the leader. But something happens. Not sure what. Uh, and he can't do it, uh, so you take over. So then, yeah, your siblings out there just being like, "God damn it! I could have been the leader, and instead, I'm, I'm, I don't know, shoveling cat poo." I'm gonna assume that it's gonna do one of those things where it's like, "All right, we, we, we need our dad was such an incredible person. It takes two of us to fill his role. All right, you, you're the ground team. I'll stay here and take care of the base. Right, uh, and that'll be how it works." They become your like assistant. One be- well, one becomes the field commander, and one becomes the base commander. Okay, because equally important, someone's got to mind the fort while the- someone's out there exploring the world. Right. No. Yeah, yeah I could, I could actually go. see that. Um, it's weird that they make it sound like they're out there somewhere else. Like they, mm. you know, like leave and well, go off and do their own. Maybe thing. Maybe they've got their own squad, hey. and you run into each other. There you go. Maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe but, one of them's running the black ops. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm very curious to see how they handle that sort of like decision because it's something they've brought up multiple times mm -hmm. uh, and and reiterate it. It's like there, and you just want to make you just want to be like, you're, this isn't going to be like a mall new thing, right? Like, like, do you understand the importance of touch? Here's the real question. Yeah. What's the do, real question? Right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, since this is, they're not setting up as a, a trilogy, right? What are the odds that the non-picked sibling survives this game? Oh, do they sacrifice themselves gallantly, perhaps? Oh, yeah. No, they've got to survive. Why? Because I feel like... No, nah, they got to die. Mass Effect loves to kill people. Yeah. Yeah, Someone, yeah someone's got to, right. like, die. Although, at least this time, it's not uh, necessarily, like, what's your backstory? Oh, my parents died in this terrible thing. You'll actually get to probably see them die on screen. There you go. It'll yeah, be much like, more personal and visceral. <sighs> like really, it's like a Pixar movie. Yeah. Oh. Don't <laughs> <laughs> make you really sad about it. So I'm, I'm looking at your squad mates' names here. You've got Liam. Liam. Who's a, who's a human. Ex-cop. N7. And, and he's seven years old? No, he's an N7. Oh, N7. Gotcha. Wait, he's... What, N what does that mean? So N7 was the human elite forces. Uh, uh, Shepard was N7. So when whenever you see all the, the merchandise for Mass Effect, it's always N7. So it's, it's just like special the N7 forces. armor and everything. It's Yeah, it's human elite forces. You know, I don't know how I never picked that up in any of those games. I always just assumed that that was just his code I sign. think they, uh, they, I think they just set it up and talk about it very briefly at the beginning yeah. of the first game when he's going to become a Spectre. Gotcha. They're like, oh, because after then he was a specter. He right. Just, he yeah, kept like, you've done N7 so well with N seven. Now you're going to go do this. All right. Mm -hmm. I think. I think. And I think that was it. He just if loved the logo after that. Never <laughs> decided to adopt the specter one. And uh, <laughs> weirdo. Another squad mate you have is your Asari, or not your Asari. You have an Asari squad mate. Wait a minute. So basically, She's, and that's Shepherd, the one that we've seen already in the uh, like in the teasers. And her name is PB. Well, that's that's, PB. A, that's a nickname though. What's That'd be no nickname of mine. I, I think they. I think Bioware did clarify that that's a nickname and that they haven't. Um, like her, her full name is unknown. Her full name is Pibidius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the most romantic and sexy of names, <laughs> Pibidius. PB. I'm trying to look this up, and of course our internet's not working because uh -oh. we only work. Uh -oh. What, right what are we looking up? So I'm trying to see any more information about her name. Okay, there okay. it is. It just loaded. Uh, really Pibidius Maximus. Pb. PB. Yep, sorry. Gotten carried away there. Um, romance options. Here we go. Yep. Are we doing romance again? Is that a thing? Of course it's a thing. Uh, right. And I think they, they also confirmed that uh, you'll be able to bang pretty much anything. Um, that you're Anything? Sure, why not? If that wall terminal gives you the right <laughs> wink. <laughs> uh, I think, well, specifically I think they said that uh, your choices aren't restricted based on gender, so maybe we've advanced to a point in the universe uh, where it's basically like uh, Captain Jack Harkness in Doctor Who, where it's like, it's like, if you're breathing, let's go. But there already wasn't, it wasn't really restricted by gender previously, was it? No, well, some, there are, you know, I actually liked the way it was set up. There were some characters that were um, straight, there were some that were bi, there were some that were, um, that were gay, and it was, like, so it was like those characters and that was their thing. So mm -hmm. you could romance them or not romance them based on their, their orientation. Yeah, on their orientation. Um, you know, so it is almost a little bit weird if they're saying that uh, all of the options are are open to you they'll just you know because it's it almost becomes like a um 
like power fantasy at that point. Mm -hmm. Like you can choose of all these things and they will all like you regardless. Let me let me um, ask actually, you about I that. I actually liked some things being locked out. Yeah. Um, I, because I feel it like made that's it feel... that builds their character. Exactly. You let, know, I, yeah, I like well, the characters having their own their own alignments. Would you feel like it would maybe work better if at the beginning of the game you could specify kind of a general interest direction? Because if it's really just full freeform, sometimes that becomes intrusive where it's like, I, I just want to be this guy's friend or this girl's friend. I don't want to have those options constantly popping up like, I'm, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be interested in you or maybe I personally don't want to be interested in, in a specific gender for this, this uh, playthrough. I don't want to constantly be, be bombarded with the, hey, but you could get the sexy time thing going. Here it is. Here's that I, I, sexy I time like option. When when you shut that down in the previous games, like, I don't ever feel like it ever came back repeatedly. No, I um I accidentally, and I ended up doing a, a completely new playthrough on this because I accidentally friend-zoned Garrus. I was trying <laughs> like not to come on too strong, uh, and instead I just friend-zoned him. And I had to do a completely <laughs> new playthrough to to get back to that point, and I was so mad because you, I think if you um, if you friend zone him in the second game, there's no option in the third game. Mm. So I was like, I was like, this is gonna this is gonna haunt me. I can't do it. And so I went I yeah, went back, I, and I, I think it was my renegade playthrough. I was mm -hmm. like, and he was and like, Garrus went for the yeah. renegade. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. Because that was kind of a badass. Uh, I don't remember the save system on Mass Effect, but it was just like you didn't, you couldn't have multiple save slots, right? Like it was just one save. Um, I I don't recall. It might just be that I had saved past that point and didn't realize yeah. the damage that I'd done, and it would have, you know, I may not have had a previous save that was less than hours away, right, or right. you know. So I just, it's fine. I needed to do a Renegade playthrough anyway. It was just kind of annoying. I don't actually even remember who I ended up hooking up with in disappointment. That's <laughs> I, I kinda, Who got the pity sex? I, I, <laughs> I normally play Paragon, but I do enjoy doing a Renegade run uh, in those games and just not it's, giving a fuck. You know, I find it really difficult to do a Renegade run. I Even doing that, I was like forcing myself to, to do those Renegade <laughs> options. And every time I was like, oh, it's, I'm a bad person. But uh, they did say that they're, they're doing away with Renegade and Paragon in Andromeda. What? It's not just going to be red and blue. They said there is going to be multiple dialogue options with different tones, but that it's not, this is your Paragon option, this is your Renegade option. Well, things have gotten so extremist. It's like, oh, let's save everybody and give them all a puppy, or let's burn them all from the foot up and just make sure that we watch them suffer. I mean, why can't we have a nice... Why can't we burn puppies from the paws up? Right! <laughs> Thank you. That's all I ask. Here, did anyone not punch the reporter? I don't remember. Uh, I, I believe in one of my playthroughs, I did not. I loved that uh, there... I think there were like two or three different options to deck that lady. And by, I think, the third one... She dodged. Like she, <laughs> she knew what you were gonna do, and she like she dodges and is like, no, nah, fuck you. <laughs> I decked her a lot. She was not a nice lady. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so I'm excited. I think it's one. It's one of my favorite series. I really enjoyed Mass Effect Two, and uh, I had a lot of fun with Three. Uh, I, I, I was not terribly disappointed with the ending because it was kind of where I was playing towards anyway. But when I played it again and I saw the other side, I could understand why uh, why people were upset with it. Yeah, uh, when I played Mass Effect. Uh, three, it was you know a, you know it was a very personal thing. The way I interpreted it at the time was um, for me that la that entire last section where you have that opportunity to like see 
your companions that you've had, you can see like who's lived and who's died. I could be like, hey, Rex, buddy, <laughs> you made it. It was a close thing sometimes, but you made it and you're here. Uh, and, and, you know, because you're here, Morden's not. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, so, and for me, that was a lot of the closure is like seeing like those people as the, um, I guess like the, the manifestation of a lot of the decisions that, that I'd made throughout. And so when I got to the pick your portal ending, uh, and then it's like, who gets out of the ship? Uh, for me, that was almost denouement. Mm. Uh, and that was like, a, um, like it had closed the loop and then this was a new start. Um, and it was just like, what are the conditions of the new start for the galaxy? Uh, so I, I didn't, like, I didn't take it personally, I guess, that it, it felt a little simplified. But after hearing people who felt like after having this complex web of options and having this say and feeling like all of those, you know, myriad choices were going to lead up to something really epic and then that's what it came to. It just dilutes to, to two. Um, you know, I can, I can see why a lot of people felt uh, let down by that, mm -hmm. you know, and so I can definitely understand why we're wanting to sidestep that and I'll be very curious to see how they handle it with it's Andromeda. They seem to have been pretty careful not to overpromise on this one. Yeah, they're, in fact, they're, I mean, they're not really showing anything. <laughs> they're not promising shit. Yeah, they're like, be you'll, go, you'll in be in 4K. space and you'll explore some things. <laughs> have fun. And there was a giant robot thing. Uh, I, I, which I looked joke, cool. I joked earlier that since, uh, you know, the gameplay thing they showed had no HUD and they really haven't shown any gameplay that they could surprise us all and just have it be an RTS. <laughs> <laughs> or just like something totally off the wall, like you're not expecting at all. I still think that. that someone should build um, a sort of prequel fan game of some kind and just call it Andromeda Trail. <laughs> it's just or, like Oregon Trail, but all, all the way, you hey, know, across 600 years. Not every one of those cryopods made it. <laughs> every now and again, they had to stop to hunt for food. Maybe a couple of them fell off. Ryan has fallen ill. <laughs> How do you get dysentery in a pod? Well, you know, bad food tube got connected to the waste tube. and then Maybe the fruit gets spoiled and everyone gets scurvy <laughs> for 600 years. Or they're drunk for 600 they're years. All, they're, all, fruit juice. <laughs> they're all uh, living on potatoes because mm -hmm. of explosions. Well, uh, in other news of unusual plot development to inspire emotions, have either of you played uh, the Call of Duty campaign? I have not. Warfare? I have not, no. Tell me what you think. So I beat it last night. Um... It's a fun game. I will say the campaign is enjoyable. They they play with a lot of different things. It's the the space stuff is is not overwhelming. Uh, it's a pretty quick game, but they absolutely do that. Call it. I don't know what, what it is about Call of Duty. That's it's like, yeah, you'll feel something here. Feel it now. You hold down that thing. That's that's you feeling something. Feel it. Come on. Uh, the enemy is just the worst. Oh, the, uh, the John Snow. Yeah, I mean, it's just the worst. It says, according to how long to beat, main story, six and a half hours. Yeah. And I, I did on Veteran on the first run through, and it's not a bad Veteran. Now there's like two skill levels above Veteran, so uh, it's very doable on on Veteran, which is the only the highest that is unlocked at start. Uh, yeah, the, um, the, the main criticism of the antagonist in Call of Duty is very much that it's one-dimensional. It um, makes no sense that, that he does like, anything. Just like... I'm angry. Yeah. We're all angry. And now we're space Nazis for reasons. I mean, they, yeah, it's just they're like, they're bad guys. And That's all you need. He's but a also, bad guy. The, he only like turns up a couple of times. The, like, yeah. Contributes, contributes very little of value. And then Fox off and they're like, they're like, go get in the spaceship. 
And by the time you, you you finally catch him, it's like kind of an anticlimax when you actually uh, anticlimactic when you, you, you catch up to him. <laughs> and it's not like the end of the game. So there's more mission, good chunk of mission after you catch up to him. You've still got a mission to complete. Um, and his final monologue is actually so slow that I. Spoiler? I mean, come on. You kill the bad guy in the end. You what? And there's an achievement for killing him before his monologue is finished, and I did it by accident. Because <laughs> he was like, you don't, you don't win by killing me. And then you thought, yes, I do? This isn't the end. Oh. Uh, and just kept going. I was like, uh, and I was like, I guess what am I, because the dramatic pause was so long. I was like, am I supposed to do something? I'm I just not, tapped X and I just went, stabbed him in the brain. I'm not dead yet. I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> he had so much more to say and I never got to hear it because he took too long of a damn pause. You should make a video out of that where you have his entire speech and you cut out the pauses. That way people can watch that would it be and great. get through it much more quickly. And I, I imagine a lot of people like me got that achievement by accident just because they assumed that he was done. Yeah, that he was like stuck on a loop, just saying like random gibberish stuff. Well, I mean, it's he seemed like he, it was, yeah, it was, it was it was no more information content than anything else he'd showed up to deliver. So mm. yeah, it's he just every now and again would show up and say like, "You suck. You're bad. Your way of life is awful. Destroy it all. Burn it. All right, bye. Uh, peace." Now, what did you think of the uh, the jackal sections? They're okay. Yeah. How's the control? Yeah, it's all right. Mm. One great. One. I mean. Uh, the weird thing about it is, so you spend a lot of time, you know, obviously shooting other fighter jets. Uh, but once you get behind them and lock on, which you lock on by holding the left trigger if you got them in the thing, then your ship kind of goes out of your control to some degree. It's like you go into sort of an auto-pursuit mode mm. where it, it will do a lot of the work following them, I guess presumably so that you can work on you know, fire, aiming, aiming and yeah. shooting. But, yeah, it's just, mm, you know, it doesn't really give me feels like going back to old Wing Commander or Descent Free Space days. It's like, okay, it's it's sort of a flight sim. It's It had sort of that, that feel of Descent Free Space too, when you could have like these capital ship battles, but it really kind of dumbed down version of it. You know, one of the other, I think, uh, I'm just trying to call the uh, common sentiments across a lot of the reviews. Uh, it was praised for moving seamlessly between on the ground action, then you get in the jackal and now you're fighting in space and back in it. And that all the missions um, being a hub in mm -hmm. the ship made it feel a lot more seamless. There's the there's some of the space combat. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, the, that was another very unusual choice, uh, the, the using the ship as the hub. Um, they, they really made no effort to make this seem even remotely plausible in a military standpoint or just a human capacity standpoint because the entire plot takes place in a single day. Yeah, that, that oh, really? seems like it would be yes. a, a tad rushed. Second like episode of 24. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I had that thought too. It's like they were going for that, but I mean, you're, there's like 20-something missions or something. He, he's jaunting all over the space, uh, the start of the solar system, completing these missions. It's like he couldn't physically operate after having done one of those. But he can because he must. It's kind of what they go for, but it's like, well, why is this? Why did you write it this way? There, there, there must have been a way to write out of this idea of just like it's got to be today, all one day. And if you're gonna do the 24 thing, then at least make it the 24 thing where 
it has that kind of like you feel the there's time passing. There's a clock passing. running, yeah. right. There's like a, a But they don't crunch. do that. Mm. So it's just, you keep coming back to the ship and you've done like six missions or maybe sometimes you play that in like a, a couple sittings and you're like, he's still got that smudge of dirt on his face. Oh, it's still the same day. <laughs> he's not taking a shower. He's not eating any food. Dude hasn't sat down except in a cockpit. That's because that Justice never sleeps. That would be an I guess, but come on, I do. That would be an interesting mode or a mechanic to add to a kind of mm. game like this one. You know, in the game, it's supposed to be time sensitive. Is you have to like they reintroduce a timer to video games, where you have to complete sections or levels within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, it takes too long and almost kind of like uh, Dead Rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think they said. Uh, correct, I, I might be wrong about this, but I thought they were removing the clock from Dead Rising Four. Really? Shit! But I think I, it was in the it was in the demo I played at E3. I'll, let me, I'll, it I'll look, like I'll look that up. It was reduced somewhat in three. Dead Rising. It wasn't as as draconian as one. Yeah, one was brutal with one that was clock. Brutal. Um, uh, yeah, Dead Rising Four is dropping the timer system. Interesting. Well, I mean that's kind of nice too because you kind of that's the one thing that I would like occasionally from Dead Rising is more free time. Yeah, because there was a, always a lot to see, especially with the zany crafting system that yeah. they ended up with. Like, like it gives you more time to explore that kind of thing, uh, and you know everything else in the world. So yeah, uh, who is this? Um, I'm reading an article here on Games Radar, and they were talking to executive producer Bryce Cochran, and said, yeah, so you can. They want people to have oh. fun and not worry about a timer. If you want to kill zombies, you can. If you want to follow the campaign, you can do that as well. Hmm. All right, I need to make a correction. Ooh. I lied to you guys earlier oh. when I said that your Ma your Mass Effect Andromeda squad mate Liam, who's a human, is N seven. He's not. Your dad was. Oh, <laughs> Liam's like an N four. He's a. Let's see. Yeah, he's he's like you know six maybe. Oh, wait, we're G's, um, right? No, sorry. So your your squad mate is um he's human. He's an ex cop, and he's on um, the Pathfinder squad. But Alec Ryder was an N seven. Okay, mm. so he knew maybe Shepard. Maybe. Yeah. So they, really they they may have been drinking buddies. Who knows? Oh, what if he's like pissed off at Shepard? Like Shepard got to be the Spectre. I could have been got the all Spectre. the glory. Yeah. That's my. You ever met my twin, Shepard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let uh, me read this other thing here. So sorry about that. Want to remind everyone this episode of the patch is also brought to you by MeUndies. Picture a world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh. You're stepping into a better day. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off. Why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? It's very true. Uh, our friends at MeUndies sent us uh, a few pairs a while back. Uh, now, I can't imagine wearing anything else. It really makes each day that much better. For the price of two cocktails, MeUndies will deliver your new favorite pair of underwear right to your door. Better day guaranteed. And for a limited time, everyone in our audience gets 20% off their first order. Uh, but you got to go to this URL. Go to MeUndies.com slash the patch. With the MeUndies Better Day Guarantee, you've got nothing to lose, so don't wait any longer. Go to MeUndies.com slash The Patch right now for 20% off your first order. That's MeUndies.com slash The Patch. It's the only underwear that I wear anymore. I'm, I'm wearing my coastal pair today. What's, wait, what's, wait, what's coastal? coastal? Is that you just mean like the pattern on it is coastal? That's what they call them. It's like uh, our, it's like I don't know California the coastal them. colors. Oh, okay. I guess like kind of. The pastel thing? Yeah. That, oh, I'm wearing those too. I'm, you guys have matching undies today? Oh wait, no, not those. Oh, okay. These. No, you're, you got. Oh, like I don't the, have those. Yeah, I I have those ones. Though. These, yeah. yeah, where it's just like almost like a pool pattern. Yeah. Like the like the yeah, yeah. water ripples. Yeah, I forget what those are called. Yeah, underwear is fun. <laughs> they are super comfy though. Yeah. I dig them. Love them. Um, yeah. So I, there, there's a. Uh, so there's so much going on with, with Mass Effect Andromeda, but we, there are other things to talk about as well. 
I, I felt like this was, uh, of course, BlizzCon happened. There was so much news that came out of BlizzCon. Finally, Sombra is confirmed. For I feel like a lot of it. What? Like after, like for after Overwatch. all of the other stuff that's happened, a lot of the news felt like kind of a step down. Like it was just like, oh yeah, she's confirmed. Like everyone knew it because you know they like but she leaked multiple times. This arg had, ARG had gone on for months, and they no had, one was they had enjoying a, it. They, I, I forget who it was at Blizzard, but. Uh, so I'll have to look up and, and, and find my source, but someone at Blizzard said, "Yeah, we're just not good at ARGs." <laughs> yeah, you know, which is which is very true. But then there what if been, that's the start like, of the, an ARG? The various like screenshots and everything that had been posted, like people knew that this was like just a matter of time. And it's a little bit like the like waiting for and seven day for to make Mass Effect backwards compatible to flip the switch. It's mm -hmm. like that was all they were ever counting down to anyway. The ARG was never going to get you anything earlier. So it was. The Overwatch lead hero designer, Jeff Goodman, uh, he helped organize the ARG, and then his quote in this interview was, we were definitely taking the feedback. I think it was fair, the feedback. We're not very good at ARGs. We've never <laughs> done one before. So I think they're, uh, they're going to try to figure out how to refine it and maybe do it a little better. Yeah, it, honestly, ARGs are tough to do properly. I think it's very difficult to weight the... Um, what the, the difficulty, the challenge of the ARG and how to solve it and... Mm -hmm. and um, you know, how, like, just how touchy are the clues and yeah. where do you leave them and how long is it going to take people to solve them because you never know if enough people are going to participate. get it or yeah. participate or if, you know, if not enough people participate and there's not enough of that um, sort of group work, then maybe it doesn't get solved and mm -hmm. then you have to take extra steps to help them out. Yeah, or... On the flip side, everyone gets super, super into it way more than you predicted. They solve it immediately, and now you're fucked. Right. It's a delicate balance trying to trying to navigate all of that. You know, and I, I just, I don't think that um, most ARGs don't get it right. I think ones like I Love Bees are the exception, not the rule. Yeah, and I thought, and, and a lot of ARGs are really, I feel like they're really difficult to the point where I, they, they frustrate me. Yeah, I, I'll follow them, but I don't really participate in them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it seems like one of those things where it's easy to go, uh, oh, someone will figure it out. I'll just watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's way easier to, to just ride that and let the the population that is working on it figure it out. Yeah. That's a, the, um, the new Lazy. Overwatch modes. Uh, I was talking to Adam a little bit earlier, and he loves the new modes. The 1v1, the 3v3. He thinks they're really... really well, you know, they're, they're a much more um, hardcore mm -hmm. approach uh, to, to the game. And someone like Adam who really is just a glutton for punishment in games, <laughs> as evidenced by uh, by his Dark Souls addiction. Uh, like he, he really likes that challenge, and uh -huh. so he really enjoys those modes. So I it's an interesting way they've stepped it up. I think that, you know, it seems to me like this is a... Like Lucio Ball might have been a starting off point or a bouncing off point for this kind of play, because that was 3v3, obviously in a very specialized uh, arena, very specialized game type. But I think maybe that's kind of what started it up, it started people's desire to play, you know, maybe slightly different uh, mm -hmm. team-ranked games. Yeah, like to see if that, like that size of group might be feasible. I do like that they're kind of rotating them out. Like the, uh, I mean, those game types, they work pretty well, I think is generally what you can say about them. Lucio Ball worked pretty well. It wasn't uh, Rocket League, but it, it felt pretty fun as a limited time event. Same with uh, the Horde mode, the Halloween Horde mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was very limited in scope, uh, 
there was only like a certain a set number of waves and there was not really a lot of variation to it. So it was a fun like one time thing, but I'm glad they retire those instead of keeping them around. Well, it does keep them like they they go out on a high note. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to before everyone gets tired and abandons them. Yeah. So it sort of keeps that anticipation high for them coming back at some point in the future because they haven't run their course yet. Plus also it's great how they incentivize it with the rewards specific to that game type that you can only get from doing that. I mean, I think, of course, Blizzard knows what they're doing when it comes to making a game and making people want to play a game. Mm -hmm. They've been doing it for for decades now. And they're uh, bringing Diablo 1 to to the Diablo 3 engine. Yeah, I I mean, on the one hand, that's cool because it'll be nice to play through that original Diablo experience, but with updated graphics and everything because, you know, admittedly, it's the sort of thing that gets dated. You go back and try and play it and you go, It was 20 years ago. It was a long time. 20 years ago. I I remember playing the the original and I... At the time, I thought it looked amazing. Yeah. But now it's it's painful. We, so it, it's it is rough. cool on on that note. On the other hand, uh, going back to things being feeling a little anticlimactic, just wanted it to be Diablo Four. Mm. Well, y- y- give them time. They'll get there. I know. I know they, they will. I remember uh, when Diablo One came out. Uh, I was in college, and we had like there was a a thing where high school students could come and visit for the weekend and you know see the college and stuff and. We had this high school student come visit us and stay with us for the weekend, and he was so excited because he left his computer downloading the Diablo demo all weekend, <laughs> and it would be finished you just in time for weekend. him to come back, right? I think it was like 140 megabytes or something. Oh. He was downloading it over his dial-up connection. And his mom couldn't use the phone for the whole weekend. And, and, was, and, and we were like, oh, Don't yeah. Do you remember? I used to have a, a dedicated second phone line for internet. I did not. I got in a lot of trouble. I didn't for, <laughs> like, we didn't for a long time, and then eventually we got one, uh, and then I was like, I want to know all the time now. <laughs> oh, yeah. EverQuest, how you doing? Yeah, we were lucky because, you know, since I was in college, we had, you know, high-speed internet. We had Ethernet in the door. I was like, oh, yeah. You want to download it right now? Here, look at it. We'll download it in, you know, five minutes. <laughs> High-speed. Right. Oh, we didn't. We, we had dial-up at Georgia Southern. Mm. We had a campus dial-up, and there was only, like, 500 slots. Oh, you got busy signals all the time? Yep. So what we, we would dial in and just keep it active. We actually set up a, a You'd small... You'd make the problem worse. We No, not for us. It was great for us, because my roommate and I just had a, a LAN set up, and we shared the connection. Uh, we had internet all the time. No problem. <laughs> How fast was it? 28.8? Probably. Oh, for, no, it was probably 56 by that 56? point. 56? Mm. Yeah, it's uh, they, they, they were dark times. I'm glad we have were dark uh, much 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 faster internet now. I'd say, I would go down the hall with my zip disks. Oh god! And use the internet on the at the uh, the computer lab at high speed. We um so for the no we have like these various like sound effects we use on the intro and one of them is like a dial up sound effect and I've never felt older than the other day someone referred to that specific mm-hmm. intro sound effect as oh god what was it like um. They're like, you know, the grinding noise. The Just grinding. like it was, it was like they had no uh-huh. idea what that noise was. Well, it's still around sort of as a fax machine. Fax machines kind of exist. Yeah, how, yeah, many, how <laughs> many people yeah. are using fax machines? Like no That's one uses fair. them unless they absolutely have to. And no one, even if they have to, knows how to use them. Those things are opaque. I think. What, you know how to use them? Yeah. I, I wonder love, if I, I still have a computer <laughs> somewhere in my house with a modem in it. I bet I don't. I've got... A couple iterations of laptops. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't, I, can't, I can't think of the last modem I owned. The last modem I owned was a US Robotics 56K modem. 
uh, that would have been 98, 99, I think is when I finally got a cable modem here uh-huh. in Austin. That's when I, I ditched my dial-up. Yeah. Even then was probably still only, what, it, not less than a meg connection, I would imagine. 200K, 300K? What, my cable modem? Yeah. No, when cable modems launched in Austin, they were 6 megabit. Shit, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I think um, I had dial-up until well into 2001, 2002. There was like there were no options, um, you know, where I grew up that were any faster than that. Yeah, we were, I felt like we were really lucky because you mm-hmm. know I, I, I felt like Austin got cable modems very quickly. Like it was one of the first cities to to really have them. It's crazy when you actually like think about just the the time since that point. I mean, now we're like, oh god, it was so long ago. But like, it's not that long when, ago in the in the, in terms of like you know technology of the world yeah. and. It's changed so much just in that period of time. It's when crazy. they first were rolling out uh, high-speed internet here in Austin, if you if you if I feel you like wanted, we've reached like the grumpy old person back in my day <laughs> part of yeah. the patch. If you wanted to to get a cable modem, you could sign up for it. You had to sign up because it was like a beta rollout, and then you had to go. If they approved you, you had to go to their office to take a class. What on networking? So they would teach you like what. The cable modem did what a router did, how to you know network your computers and how to have it all set up and shared, and you know what IP addresses were, and it was like internet, like networking 101, very basic stuff. But you had to go and sit there. But I knew all that stuff, so it was like it was like a multi. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was it? I think it was like a four-hour class. It's like four hours of oh my oh. god, just give me my fucking cable modem. That's a punishment right there. Yeah, think about that. If you signed up for internet access and they, you have to go to your fucking provider and they have to teach you shit. Now they just come and install it for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was the other thing. Yeah, you have to set it up yourself. Oh, really? I assume they at least would wire your house. Right. right? I mean, they that much they would, they would handle, but yeah. you, would, you would have to set it up. I, man, did... Go far enough back and there's certain points where it, there was much more trouble in having to manually assign IP addresses and... God, everything's easy now. You just decide, you turn it on, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know what I am. Here, you're that. So while we're scratching our sort of retro-feeling itch, have either of you guys played any Owl Boy? I have not. You were no. talking to me about this the other day, and I haven't played it yet. Yes, it's because I'm very excited about it. I feel like everyone should play it. <coughs> uh, so Owl Boy is a game that it came out uh, on the 1st of November. Of November. Uh, and Also known as November. Ah, mm-hmm. for some. Some of us <laughs> know it as November. Uh, and it's a it's it's high bit um, pixel graphics. So they're acknowledging it's not eight bit. It's not this would never have been on your NES or your SNES. Uh, it like this is it's pixel art, but it's very like high definition pixel art. Uh, Metroidvania kind of game where um, you're an owl boy. You're a, a owl boy with a with an owl cape, uh, and so you can fly. Wait, so you're a boy dressed as an owl or? Some well, kind of human-owl hybrid. I think you might be human-owl hybrid because you definitely don't look like the other owls in town. Um, so this is this is the game to give you Ooh. an idea what uh, what I mean by the high-bit pixel art. So um, it's got that sort of like retro feel while also looking gorgeous. And I have to tell you, the animations in it are stunning. Mm-hmm. It's It's not one of the things that you notice first because... It just seems like, hey, all these graphics are really great, but actually the animations are great. Who's so the, uh... you're the owl boy, okay, uh, and you can fly, and then uh, you have friends, and you can um, pick up your friends and carry them, uh-huh. and then they're your shooter essentially. Do you control them, or do they just kind of auto shoot? Um, you control Short. them. Short. You control shoot. them. So uh, you fly around with one stick, and you okay. aim, you know aim with the other stick and, so it's and like shoot. A, so it comes like a two stick shooter. Yeah. 
Kind of. So you um. So you're carrying your friends while they shoot. What is this like yes. every mobile game in the world? Hey. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, so you like you go through the these various dungeons and there are mm -hmm. puzzles to solve. It's honestly, if you're in it for the challenge of retro games, I don't know that it offers that per se. It's not super difficult. I mean, once you've had a couple glasses of wine, it gets a little bit harder. <laughs> uh, but um, you got to provide your own challenge, right? At the right. bottom of a bottle. Yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, but it is like this really lovely, fun experience, and I always felt quite clever for solving the puzzles. Mm -hmm. I mean, ad admittedly, I'm, I like to pat myself on the back at every opportunity. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not necessarily that much. It's not difficult, difficult, but it mm -hmm. is a really fun game. I've been enjoying it a lot. And it's mm -hmm. cool to, to um, be able to like swap out the person that you're carrying for various tasks. How does that work? Do you have like a backpack full of little people that you can deploy in capsules? Or? Uh, no, you, you get a relic early on that will like teleport them to you. Gotcha. Like into your claws. And so then you can just like drop one and then like like teleport another one. Okay. Well, not well, at least drop them, but so it's convenient. You don't have to like go back to base and then. Yeah, you can you can pretty much swap them immediately. So I saw that it's been in development for nine years. Nine years. That's they started crazy. in two thousand seven. It's a team of it's a really small team. I want to say something like five people, mm -hmm. uh, and they've just gradually been working on it, working on it. So this is very much a passion project, and that you know you can tell when a game is just made with a lot of love. I felt the the same thing. I think that's one of the things that attracted me to Stardew Valley was it felt like this this labor of love and like this is like they made this experience that they really wanted to make and this is it and so I know that really resonates with me and it's um it's right now it's only on Steam but I'd be very surprised if it doesn't come to console at some point because it seems I've been playing it with a controller mm -hmm. I was talking to um Caden who's playing it, and he says it controls great with a keyboard and mouse but I feel like for that sort of game I just want a controller. Yeah. Well the way you described the like the dual stick setup seems like it would make most sense for it to be played with a controller. Yeah, I, I think so. But um so I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. I like those when a game is made by a smaller group like that, it comes out when it's where when they feel it's done, not when someone demands that it comes out. Uh which is getting rarer in the gaming uh community. And now yeah. everybody's got a deadline. They just want to get it out. But uh this is kind of one of those things where Steam, the independent developers on Steam, still have a very strong voice, and it's nice that they can get their game out there. I agree. I think the the downside of that model, of course, is that um, this very small team is all developers, and none of them are marketers. And so mm -hmm. I, I worry about games like this that are really wonderful. They're these these beautifully crafted experiences, and they're they're great games, but they are entirely reliant on other people mm -hmm. to get them word out there. there it's, it's you know, and word of mouth has style. always been, yeah, word of mouth's always been very, very important, but it's not <clears throat> reliable. It's not something you can guarantee. Yeah. It's like, it's like when uh, everyone's like, we'll just go viral. Yeah, you can't make you that can't happen. That, you yeah. can't predict what people well, are I mean, going to pick up on. There is, a, I mean, there is a reason publishers exist and there is a value and a service that they provide. And, and you know, some of that, is marketing muscle and marketing know-how and knowing you know how to how to properly promote a game like this and yeah. making the credits longer, making the, credits longer. <laughs> uh, the, the, the startup screen adding another graphic mm -hmm. that pops up there yeah. so uh, I, I do I hope that this one picks up I feel like all the like all the people I've heard of who've played it so far have really enjoyed it uh, in a similar way and I, I hope that it gets that it gets passed on 
I guess. I'd, I'd like it to be a success because I feel like games like this are, are very important for us as an industry, especially because everyone's getting upset about annualization mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and publishers who are just in it for the money. And this is the exact opposite of that. And if gamers want to reward that kind of behavior, then they need, you know, those games need to sell. Otherwise, it just shows those indie developers that, that those pure labors of love on their own terms aren't, they're not, are not a you know, legitimate option for them mm-hmm. to, to keep doing what they you do. You need to speak with your wallet. Right. So go pre-post-order Owlboy Deluxe Edition today with a special <laughs> Owlboy figurine. <laughs> um, we only have a few minutes left, probably like three or four minutes. And uh, one of the things I wanted to mention was that the PS4 Pro comes out this tomorrow, week. I think it's right? supposed to be tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, if, if it's something you're thinking about going to the store and getting, uh, go check Target. I went to our Target right here down the road. Mm-hmm. It's already on the shelf. What? Really? Yeah, it was just That's out there. That's weird. Like, oh, I, so I don't know if... There's like that at all targets, but the one by our studio, it was just there. Maybe they can't sell them yet. Maybe it's like... uh, They had the price on it and everything. (laughs) That would be weird, though, if you're like, hey, I want to buy that. Like, nah, you can't have it. Come back tomorrow. Mm -mm. But I had uh, an interesting... I I was doing a little eavesdropping while I was there. And I eavesdropped an interesting conversation. You sneaking? So I was was looking at it, right? The... It's... It was in the case. It's locked, obviously. So there's the PS4 Pro and an Xbox One S. They're right next to each other. Like, oh, PS4 Pro didn't expect that. And then around it, in another case, was the regular PS4. And you know, regular PS4 is what two ninety nine. And it was the the PS4 Slim. It's the, like the Uncharted edition. It's got like the uh, Uncharted Four bundled in with it. And this guy was talking to an employee. And I guess he wanted to buy a PlayStation. He's like, yeah, I want to buy a PlayStation. And he looked at them and he saw that Uncharted was packed in with it. And he's like, I don't want that game. Can I just buy? the console and she was like oh no you know that's the way they all come they're all bundles he's like well yeah but i don't want that game can't i buy just the console it's like who's this guy like he's really upset that well, there's probably, a free game bundled in probably there. because he doesn't see it as a free game he sees it as i would be paying less for this console if i didn't have to you know if the game yeah. wasn't in it as well that's pr- pr- like i'm Maybe. guessing i'm just trying to like channel my person who wouldn't want a bundle and that's probably the, the reasoning behind it is you feel like you're paying for something that you don't want. But it's still the same price anyway. I guess if, if you know, you know, but if you're looking at it from the outside, yeah, maybe you, you're not you're not familiar with that. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said. Did the guy not direct him to the pro right around the corner? Like, well, you know, you can have this one over here. <laughs> a little bit more, but he was upset. Come he was upset game. about the game. I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was gonna want to plop down another hundred bucks for the pro. Actually, I, did they bundle anything with the pro? They, not not yet, the box I, I saw. It was just the console. I, I'm sure that's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, they because the console costs a little bit more, they may just be trying to like get that out there. Uh, they may also be trying to up, like upgrade people who already have one and who already have their own library of games. Well, I guess I mean there also may be nothing for them to ship with it. What do you mean? Well, there's no like there's no exclusives. There's no. Uh, but there's 4K you know, ready games. Are no, there? there there are a lot of games that um, that are doing their um, PS4 Pro support. I want to say there's like 30 games 30. at launch that are optimized for PS4 Pro. And there's 40. A, but have they updated the assets? Let's look. I mean, that would be a pretty sizable download. You would probably notice if your game suddenly became 4K ready in terms of up upping like textures. I imagine it would. Like I know, uh, I read that. Ge- I believe Gears on the Xbox One is substantially larger if you're playing uh, 4K on the on the One S. Uh, I'm trying to see here if there's any differences in the size. Oh wait, the One S doesn't do 4K for gaming. Uh, maybe it's for the HDR then. Oh, maybe okay. Yeah, the One S just does uh, 4K uh, like Video Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah. God damn it! Uh, now we're gonna, now now you got me down the rabbit hole of that. <laughs> <laughs> four, four files. 
Or maybe it was on the PC then. I mean, 4K ready, I, I, as I understand it, they, what they're saying is, okay, maybe the resolution will increase, but that doesn't mean that the assets will get any better. Um, and that would be, that's if you want to show the console doing what it can do, you want a, a really a 4K native game that has a lower quality option rather than a 1080 native game that's being up to 4K. Yeah, well, there a lot of the games that are getting the PS4 Pro support are having different options. Like, what is it? Is it Tomb Raider, I think? Um, Eddie, you can correct me on this one, potentially. Is um, is it Tomb Raider that has three different PS4 Pro options? Yeah, so there'll, mm -hmm. there'll be one that's um, uh, 1080 at 60 frames a second or 4K-ish at um, 30 frames a second mm -hmm. or... Uh, I think the other one was like HDR, but it's like that might have been like 1080, but HDR like there, you know, they have their variations. So hmm. each of the games is optimizing for PS4 Pro in a different way. So play it. What pick the feature set that is most valuable to you and optimize the game for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, not, not all of the games are offering multiple configurations for users to choose from. Some of them are just optimizing them mm -hmm. the way they want to. But there are a couple of games that have multiple options that users can select from. Like, how do you want us to uh, use all your extra power? Yeah. Pick your option. Here's a screenshot. Here's a screenshot. Here's a screenshot. Point at the one you like best. <laughs> are you going to get a PS4 Pro? Uh, I, not until I have a real compelling reason to. Um, we'll probably get one at the office just to see uh, if there's anything useful to do on it. or if we. I can... know we can get one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is uh, I mean, with what we do, how do I record that? Like, we don't have a, a Black Magic, which is the only capture card that I know of off the top of my head that'll do 4K capture. Mm. Um, Elgato only does 1080, and it only passes through at 1080, so if we even run it into the Elgato, it's not coming out at 4K, and we don't have a 4K TV. So uh, it's really limiting in, in our line of work. We could, If we could capture at 4K, we could upload to YouTube at 4K, but most of our audience wouldn't be able to play it because of either bandwidth or just having a screen to watch it on yeah i think i'll, I'll get one eventually but i've mm -hmm. got a ps4 at the moment that's mm -hmm. still working for me and um, i don't have a pressing reason to upgrade yeah but uh maybe like once some more games are out uh, and there are games that are built to really take advantage of it not done in post as it were i'll, I'll probably re-examine that how about you gus yeah i don't have a, a 4k tv so i'm not going to yet so once i get a 4k tv i might but for now no and i've read that it does help with some uh, PSVR games. It'll, it'll I about over. That. What is it called? Super, Super sample. Yeah, when it uh, it renders more lines than are necessary, and then mm -hmm. shrinks it back down. So I mean, I think specifically Battlezone does. I think Battlezone it's rendering like fifteen hundred lines instead of ten eighty, so that uh, it looks a little nicer. That's cool. Right, um, we should we, probably we kick you to, out of here, we Ryan. Need to wrap up. Yeah. Well, you got to go stream. I'm not going to the stream today. I'm going oh. to pick up the kids today. So all right, still got to go. But we should we should still we should yes. still send you because the, the kids need the picking up. They also need a, a father. Yes. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Well, um, uh, if you are a Rooster Teeth first member, we'll have uh, the patch post show will be posted to the website uh, the day that the patch uh, is posted uh, publicly for everyone. So you'll be able to check that out. Get a little bit more patch in your week. Uh, otherwise, thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.